Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I am your host, women's empowerment coach and motivational speaker, Megan Hall. And on this podcast, I'm going to connect you with inspirational women who will share their real stories. And we're going to chat about topics relevant to women today. I'd love to continue to support you on your life's journey. Please join us in the Inspired Women community on Facebook. Thank you for tuning in today and enjoy the show. Hey guys, today I'm here with Brandy. Brandy and I are actually locals. Like we live near each other and we found each other through like the interwebs of, you know, localness of Norfolk, Virginia. So it was, it's actually kind of cool how we connected. Uh, Brandy Holloway is a lifestyle and wellness specialist, proud mama of Maddie five and Jace nine. She's been in the fitness and wellness industry for over 20 years and if you've ever seen her Instagram or Facebook, you wouldn't believe that she's been around long enough to be in it. I'm not saying you're not over 20. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta think. It's you were probably at least 18 year old, 18 years old. You know, add 20 to that. You don't look old enough um, to, to be there. Uh, she now focuses on lifestyle and wellness coaching and corporate wellness. As her uh, her love for integrative nutrition um, has expanded which has inspired her to work on her first book called Nourish, which includes her life hacks, favorite healthy recipes, and realistic approaches to getting to a healthier place physically and mentally. Is the book out yet? No, it is not. I am almost actually finished with it, so it's just in, in the process, yeah. Yeah, you will have to share it with the Inspired Women community when it, when it comes out so people can grab it if they're interested. I'm really, yeah, I'm cool. really pretty flexible with people sharing stuff in the community. I was like, as long as you run it past me first, if you're worried if it's too promotional, I usually say yes, you know. Um, there's very few times I say no, and it's usually if it's, it's somebody that doesn't have skin in the game. Like, why are you trying to share your promos in here when you, you haven't even been around <laughs> to say anything, you know? Um, so I actually asked in the Inspired Women community and said, there's a few topics that I want to feature on the podcast. And I do this like all the time with randomly. And, and one of them was divorce. And so Brandy was brave enough to raise her hand and say, yeah, I'll come on and share my story because it's the big D word, right? Everybody's scared of it. There's so much shame and stigma around it that we just need to have this open conversation about it and share, share some stories and some insights. So then uh, maybe people can come out of their bubble a little bit and kind of open their minds up. I'm a child of divorce. Um, we had this discussion in the Inspired Women community. You know, I'm not scared of it. I don't think of it as a bad thing. I actually personally think that my parents should have done it long before they did because uh, it was very volatile and there, it was a, uh, very, not a good situation growing up to where if they had just done it earlier on in life, then maybe my uh, sister and I would not have experienced some of the things we did growing up, you know? So I, I don't see, I see if, you know, if it's not working out, if, if things aren't going the way they should, you know, you're trying to protect your emotional, mental, physical health. Yes. It, it's absolutely a tool that needs to be. So share with us a little bit about your story, because every story looks different. Right. Um, yeah, and it's funny because I uh, have another book I'm working on. I hope that I hope to really put a lot of this in. I think people are going to read it and go, no way. Um, so let me just start by saying one thing. I've been divorced three times. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm 45. And, like I said, I told you, you did not look. <laughs> 45. I'm going to uh, guess mid to late 30s. Thank you, love. Thank you. Thank you. Um, no, but you know, I, and I, I do like telling this story and I, and I am going to share it. And, um, it took me a long time to get to a, a point of being vulnerable and transparent, um, to share this, but you know, 
Um, I am also a child of divorce. Um, my mother was, you know, married a couple of times. She's, you know, with a wonderful man now. They've been together for over 20 years. But, you know, I think that um, I learned to, you know, seek love, uh, you know, not in a healthy way. And that led to, you know, some of my issues. But so my first marriage, um, you know, totally in love, very, very, very young. He was a sailor here in Norfolk while I was at Old Dominion. You know the story. Um, ironically, I was named after the song Brandy. Um, some of you guys are too young to know that song. But it's about a girl, you know, that lives near the water that is in love with a sailor. So I thought it was funny. Um, but anyway, we were very much in love. And I'll tell you, um, that divorce just came from us both um, loving each other enough to know that we were, you know, too young. And we had a lot of things we wanted to accomplish. Um, you know, nothing really that negative, I can say. Definitely nothing volatile. Um, I still talk to him, actually. <laughs> and uh, I was 19 when we got married. So... Um, you know, and then I went to school, tried to do my own thing. Now, my second marriage, um, was, I was at a point in my life where I was really dealing with self-worth issues. Um, and when he walked up to me, I mean, it was like he was a Greek God. I mean, I didn't care if he spoke or not. He was so absolutely gorgeous. Um, but then when he actually did, I mean, we clicked and, um, you know, seven months later, I married this guy. Um. I met his family and everything. And, um, you know, like I said, he treated me like gold. And about another seven months into the marriage, found out that he had a um, drug addiction. He was oh, wow. a binger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He would disappear on the weekends. I was, you know, couldn't figure it out. So, you know, this divorce led to the fact that I decided not to go down with the ship. He refused to get help. Mm-hmm. Um, he kept doing the same things. You know, I ended up with a lot of debt. Um, you know, him running up credit cards and things. So um, that experience was just, like I said, he, he wasn't going to quit. Um, I think he is in a much healthier place now. I do talk to some of his family, same thing. Um, you'll hear a, uh, a common thing with, with, you know, my three marriages is I actually, um, they treated me like, they treated me so good. And we were very much in love. They just, ironically, they had self-worth issues <laughs> way beyond mine. Um, So, you know, I guess what you're putting out, you truly do attract sometimes. You just don't maybe recognize what you're actually putting out, um, you know, into the universe. So, um, and then I, you know, as far as my third marriage, uh, it took me four years to get divorced. (laughs) And I told you this podcast really inspired me to think about a lot of things about that, Um, you know, knowing this was coming up. And, you know, I think I didn't want to be that girl. I didn't want to be the girl to say, oh, I've been married you know, three times in divorce. Um, you know, I'm a single mom. I have two kids and they both have different dads. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to be that girl. But what I realized is there's so many of us and we don't need to feel ashamed because, um, this last divorce, it got me, it got me really good. Um, laying on the floor, you know, sobbing probably for months and months and months and months. Um, and I'm, you know, I'll go into a little detail on that one. Um, but totally head over heels in love. Um, I already had my son, of course, when, when I met my, my last ex. And um, I would have bet a million dollars. And I think I remember saying that to someone, um, that he was so loyal and he would never cheat. And, you know, we had, you know, yeah, we had issues, but we were just, we were tight and we were happy and we, we had the romance. And, um, you know, he was a good guy. And uh, my daughter was 10 days old when I found out he had been cheating for the whole time. Wow. 
so needless to say, uh, for any of you that have been pregnant and had a baby and you're 10 days into, into that, you are a hormonal mess. You are tired. You know, you have a lot going on and then you find this out. So, um, obviously I will tell you, um, my first thought was not divorce. It was, you know, what's going on? How can this happen? Can we work it out? Um, but I kind of realized, you know, that trend was there. If someone has those self-worth issues, it, it took me a long time to figure out it had nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because I wasn't pretty enough or sexy enough or, you know, didn't meet his needs or, you know, whatever. It was just, um, it was, you know, that was with him. And um, I lost my business in the process. I had started a, a wellness center and um, I didn't tell people I was really embarrassed because I was this, you know, picture perfect girl, you know, on social media that they saw that was married and had the kids and were so happy. And I had my own business and um, I couldn't keep it together. You know, I just couldn't. So, um, you know, to be hundred percent honest, I would call my mom sometimes and say, you know, come get the kids and I call a girlfriend and get a bottle of wine and, you know, try to drown my sorrows. And, you know, I tell people in the, the book I'm writing, I'm like, you know, I didn't want to kill myself, but I did not want to live some days. I didn't want to experience anything. Um, and then I finally snapped out of it, you know, and we all do, um, you know, you just got to keep trucking. And when I finally got there, there were a lot of support and amazingly good girlfriends and amazing family. Um, you know, I, I kind of got back to me, so to speak. And I love the lesson I learned finally, because that's through my coaching process, you hear this pattern, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, why me? Why does the same thing keep happening to me? You know, someone in my situation that's had a couple of marriages, why do I keep, you know, in a, ending in divorce? And I think that's a good question to ask. You know, you have to really look deep, deep, deep and think about what you're putting out. And I think I told all these men that I would take care of everything and I would fix everything and not to worry. And I had it together. And, you know, but I didn't, I didn't look beyond that for the red flags and they were there. They had to be there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it can be, it can be really hard. Cause even though I haven't been divorced three times, I have three fathers for my children, right? Each of my children, well, not each of them. Cause the twins are like one person, right? <laughs> so <laughs> they, they have like, they have, you know, my husband is their father. And then uh, my little daughter's father was the one that I went through, people have heard on the podcast, I went through abusive relationship with. Um, And my oldest daughter's father, we were young and dumb. And he told me he thought I was beautiful and he could see himself fall in love with me. And I'm like, ta-da, baby. Um, (laughs) Not on purpose. She was not, she did not come on purpose. Um, But you do all these things and, and you do wonder like, what is, why, why, like, why, what is wrong with me? Um, and I, you know, you have to look back at your, your, your life and see patterns. Right. Um, and my, my therapist even pointed this out to me is Megan, you were always looking for somebody to love you because you didn't have that, that, that steady love in your life. Not that my parents didn't love me, but it wasn't a stable, it wasn't a stable Mm -hmm. environment. And so I always like yearned for and looked for that, that love and acceptance that I didn't consistently get growing up. Um, and it just so happened that I lucked out to meet my husband. I really mean lucked out. It wasn't even the fact that I had changed. If anything, I was, I was on my way down to like a deep, like the deepest part that I could ever be at, um, my complete meltdown that I had. And, um, you know, looking back now and being in therapy, I can see, well, yeah, it was this pattern, right. Of these people that I kept attracting into my life because I was looking for something in all the wrong places. Like I was looking 
searching. And these were people who also were looking for something and hoping that I could fulfill that need. So you have two broken people trying to make a go at things. It's not going to work out very well. And it just so happened that my husband now is a pretty stable person. <laughs> so in my unstableness, he kind of like brought me down to a place where I of stability in a way. Um, who knows what would have happened if I had end up in a different kind of relationship because I was very unstable. Like, I don't mean, I want to say unstable, like you should have put me in a mental institution, but like I had been through so much that, you know, like you said, you have these self-worth issues and then you get with people with self-worth issues. It becomes this, this really unstable environment for both of you. And, and you can't give them what they need because you don't have it to give and they can't give you what they need or what you need because they don't have it to give. So you have all of this. So I was wondering when it came to the cheating, like you said at first, it wasn't, wasn't divorce, wasn't your first option. Did you guys exhaust any other options before you decide to get a divorce or was it, um, he wasn't willing to get other options? Um, what happened there? Yeah, so we, um, you know, I, like, I don't want to, you know, bash him necessarily <laughs> in this whole process, but, um, you know, he's a great dad. Um, but I will say that, you know, so I thought it was one girl. Um, I, thought it, I thought it was a one-time thing. Um, his phone rang. I saw a girl's name. No big deal. Hey, your, your friend, you know, so-and-so is calling you. And uh, he didn't pick up the phone, and I looked at him. You know, once again, with my barely one week old, you know, my daughter, and I'm like, answer your phone. And he's, you know, and he says, no. And I was like, oh, I said, well, you do it or I will. And, you know, um, I mean, mama bear came out big time. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I called her back. And um, the reason I made the choice I did is because she said, you know, look, we, you know, we were flirting and, you know, some things are going on, but basically there was no uh, sexual activity. Um. And so, you know, I just, I, w I remember being up one night and breastfeeding my daughter. <laughs> and um, it was probably a couple of weeks after that, um, you know, we were kind of making a go. We were going to church. We actually went through a program um, for couples, you know, that had gone through us. We were trying to work on that. And I woke up to breastfeed Maddie. And I remember looking over at his phone. Um, I had never checked his phone in all those years that we were together. Never. Um, it was blinking. And I, I don't know. I just, you know, my gut said, do it. And I did. And um, like I said, it's kind of hard for people to believe, but it was, there were numerous, numerous other people. Um, and uh, there was just no working through that. I remember that my therapist literally looked at me <laughs> and said to me, you can't, this is, you can't get past this. I mean, the number of people that it was, the fact that I knew some of these people, um, you know, uh, and when I say knew, I mean, like some of these people were at our wedding. Oh, I mean, man. yeah, I mean, it, it, it was pretty bad. And this is why I, had, I mean, you know, I went out and I shouldn't have been the one that was embarrassed, you know, going out with all that. But um, <clears throat> yeah, so we, we tried a little, you know, therapy together. He, he definitely wasn't, I don't think ready. And, you know, kind of touching on something you said, well, go about two broken people. You know, I try to really watch my verbiage when I work with my clients. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> coaching them and I say you know let's try not to use word six or broken and mm -hmm. you know but we all we all have stuff we all have issues we've yeah we've had we if you're an adult you probably had your heart broken broken in some way mm -hmm. and um you know I think that I think the difference is is that person ready to grow because mm -hmm. then you can you can kind of get through anything if you're willing to grow 
you're willing to, you know, let the wall fall down. Um, you know, and I was, I've been there a long time. I, I needed to be there because I was just going nowhere fast. Um, before that, I, I was lucky enough to go to this great um, event out in San Francisco for a week. And it really changed my life. It made me realize I had tr severe trust issues from um, me trusting others and actually allowing others to trust me, which was really ironic um, because I want to be superwoman and everybody depend on me and I can do it. And, um, but, you know, I think, like you said, I always wonder, you know, why didn't my father want to see me? <clears throat> my real father left when I was two um, or they, when they got divorced, my mom and dad, um, I was two. So of course I really didn't know him. Um, I didn't see him again until I was 17. Um, my half brother, you know, the same dad reached out to me and um, I'll tell you within a couple of weeks, I kind of figured out why my mom divorced him. Not, yeah. not hard to, you know, I hate to say it. I mean, but, um, you know, I think that definitely led to a lot of my, mis you know, misfortune and, you know, in marriage, um, not recognizing the same patterns. I think as a mother <laughs> now, I really wish my mom had dug a little deeper and told me more about the relationships and explain that. And I, and I will, as my children are old enough, I'm not going to put, you know, they, you know, look, they've gone through so much already. Um, that's the other thing about divorce that people really need to think about is, you know, the kids, we know how it has affected us. Um, and my son in particular, because, um, I, I guess I didn't talk about this, but I, I never married my son's father. Um, when I got out of my second marriage, um, I had no desire to ever get married again, to be honest with you. Um, and I also had no children. Um, I didn't think I was ever going to have kids. I was, I was 35 when I had my son. Um, wow. yeah, I was 40 when I had my daughter. Um, so, you know, but when I, when I got pregnant with, with Jace, um, man, I didn't, I didn't care if I ever had anybody again. I was, I had a kid, you know, I had yeah. a son coming on the way. I mean, that was just my miracle. Um, but you know, his dad hasn't really been that present, um, and not due to divorce. because we weren't together. He's just in Dallas. I moved back to this area, um, and met my ex pretty soon after. So long story short, he was really a big father figure to my son as a stepfather. Um, he called him daddy for, you know, I guess almost six years. And now he doesn't really have anything to do with him. Um, he still, see, still sees our daughter. So it's a very weird dynamic that it's I've had to deal with week after week after week. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that, that divorce may be final, right? You can sign that piece of paper and as adults, you know, we, we move on, but I'll tell you, that's the biggest thing. I mean, I, you know, yeah, my heart breaks for him weekly, you know, um, and there's kind of just, we're at a point now, there's just no way to change that. Um, you know, so, um, you know, even with me dating now, I have an amazing boyfriend right now, but I tell him, I'm like, I just, I just don't want to get married. You know, we can be together. We can love each other. We can be there for our children. We can set great examples of what love should be. Um, I definitely do not believe in staying married, uh, for the kids. Um, I think it's damaging they're not stupid. They know what's going on. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, so, Original question, I, I, we didn't do a whole lot because he wasn't ready for growth. And I think that is the important, that was the important factor there. Um, as much as it is uncomfortable and it sucks and it hurts, I'm always, I'm always ready to grow. I'm, I'm in it. Yeah. You can lead a horse to water, but you cannot make a drink, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And when it comes to kids, it's, it's age appropriateness, right? You're not going to like go. So where my parents absolutely went wrong. And I know my mom listens to this. So I'm sorry, mom, this is my life. I share it. <laughs> um, <laughs> is when they divorced, they both let 
I was 13. They both told me things about their marriage that a 13 year old should not have known. It was not age appropriate. And it wasn't even questions that I was asking, right? I wasn't asking Mm -hmm. for this information either. So I know who slept with who, who did what with who, who messed up here, who did what. Mm. You know, I learned the 13 years of bullshit, basically, that the both of them had done and to each other and behind each other's backs and who said what. I shouldn't have known at 13. It was not age appropriate. And with my middle daughter's father, ironically, you mentioned drugs. He's I don't, he is a drug addict, so you can get sober and still be a drug addict. It doesn't go away. He is a drug addict. Um, He has a problem with any kind of alcohol, uh, prescription drugs, cocaine. He's had problems with all of it and had those problems when we were together. And part of the reason he was abusive to me was when he was on drugs and drinking and, and stuff like that. Not an excuse for his behavior, but definitely a reason of why it happened. And so I would not tell my eight-year-old when she asked me, why daddy, why can you and daddy not be together? Because she's curious, like her friend's parents are together. Why can't we be together? Why are you with Jeremy and daddy's with Elizabeth? And, you know, why can't we all live together? That was one of her questions. (laughs) And I simply told her, daddy and I don't get along very well, right? You know, daddy was there when you were born and, you know, daddy and mommy were together, but daddy and mommy do not get along at all. Like not, not even a little Mm -hmm. bit, like we don't get along because that's appropriate for an eight year old when she's an adult. If she wants to know the details, will I let her know? Yes, I will. I'm not going to lie to my daughter. Um, but eight year olds are not emotionally capable of, of handling that information. And when I say when she's an adult, I mean like when she's out of high school, not when she's like 16, that's not the, the appropriate time for me to be like, by the way, unless of course she sees signs and then I have to have that conversation with her. But, you know, we as parents have to be mindful of what we're saying around our children because even though we've been hurt and even though we've dealt with this stuff, that's still somebody's parent that we're talking about, right? And half of, yep. half of their genetics, half of your daughter's genetics is your ex. So if you're bashing your ex and saying like, your dad's an awful person, what does that say to your child? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what kind of conversations do you, does your daughter ask these questions? Like, how do you handle that? Oh, boy. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you've seen the videos of my daughter, but I have a very sassy, bossy five-year-old. I don't know where she got it from. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, obviously, yeah, she picked up a lot of my strong traits. So she, she asked the questions. Um, she's very intuitive where, you know, my mm. son is a little more aloof. Um, and I don't know if that's the age, I don't know if it's the boy girl thing. Um, but my daughter's asked a lot more now. I I don't have to answer questions about why we're not together. Um, I think she gets it. Um, she really hasn't, it's, it's more kind of sometimes just like, why can't Jace go, you know, like, why can't like my son, why can't he go with us anymore? Because that's her brother. I mean, we all live here. Right. You know, my response to her, because I don't want to say anything negative and I'll be honest, I don't know what to say. And I say, you know, ask your daddy. Ask your daddy why. That is a good response. (laughs) Um, And I told, you know, my son the same thing. Um, You know, he, here's the thing I, I deal with more talking with him is he gets really pissed off when he hears Maddie say, oh, daddy took me to Bush Gardens and daddy Mm -hmm. took me to, you know, uh, aquarium and daddy, you know, and I, and I see his blood start to boil and he takes it out on his sister. And I sit him down, I'm like, dude, listen, I get it. I get it, but let's, let's focus on what, what you're mad about and who you're mad at. And I'm like, you have every right to be pissed off. 
he thinks it's super cool because I actually let him say pissed off at nine. But I'm like, <laughs> I'd rather you use a verbal word to yeah. do that versus, you know, an action um, of hurting, you know, yourself or someone else. But, um, you know, I tell him talk, you know, to talk to uh, my ex when, you know, he picks Maddie up or drops her off. I'm like, look, you know, he's the only one that can answer that question. I can only think, you know, what I know based on who he is. And, um, you know, it, and it was just not a good situation, but there was no, there's no logical answer that I can give my son as to why someone that was acted as his dad for all those years, all of a sudden didn't. Now there was a, a period that, you know, my son knew I was hurting. He didn't want to go with my ex for a while. I also think he was getting one-on-one tension with me because his sister was suddenly gone, you know, for the weekend. Um, Cause we did the ever the weekend thing. And then, um, but he did, he started, he really started to want to go. So, you know, I, I answer their question um, sometimes kind of with the question, to be honest, to get them, um, mm-hmm. you know, are directed to the source. You know, I, I really don't want to answer certain questions. I, I tell them, ask him, mm-hmm. you know, he, that's where you're going to get the answer. And, you know, he's still not there. Um, I don't know, you know, the other difficult part, I don't know what he tells our daughter. Um, you know, yeah. he and I get along for the, for the most part. I don't think we're, we're, we're definitely way better than we were the last couple of years. Um, but, um, and I hope it gets better for her sake. You know, um, he, his parents have been together. They're still together. So mm-hmm. he doesn't, I don't think he, he couldn't even begin to understand what it's like to be the child of, you know, coming from divorce and, you know, why do I have two birthdays? Why do I have two this and that? You know, so I, I hope we get to that point um, for, for both the kids to be able to see that, it's, you know, it's possible and have a healthy response to things, um, you know, after you get over uh, everything. Yeah. And it's, it's hard when you have that second child who's not biologically your exes. So like my middle daughter's father, I was with him for several years and, you know, he helped raise my oldest daughter for a little while, but she was at an age where she saw a lot of the really bad shit that happened. Right. So yeah. when we split up, it wasn't the fact that she was confused. Um, if anything, she was more angry, you know, like angry that like this has happened, um, than anything. So it was, it was really hard, but explaining to my daughter, exactly like you said, why do you have two birthdays? Why do you have two families? And I tell her, my response is you're a really lucky little girl that you have so much love in your life. There are so yeah. many people to love you. Like not everybody has that many. <laughs> so now she's kind of, she's very sassy. I have two very sassy little girls in my house. She'll turn it on, on her siblings. Be like, I'm a really lucky little girl. Cause I have lots of love together. And I'm like, Oh God, what did I do? Did I create, did I create a like monster here? Like, cause how do I turn it back to the twins and be like, well, you're really lucky because your parents are still together. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it is this, this, uh, this area that is hard to manage when you have multiple children uh, with multiple parents because you're like, what do I say? What do I not say? I don't want to hurt this child's feelings, but I also want this person, this child to be feel empowered and, and vice versa. It just gets really messy really quick. Um, yeah. yeah. And, you, and you honestly, I don't even think there's anybody out there that could tell you exactly what has to be said and exactly how things need to be handled. I think we are just doing the best we can with what we have available and, and how, and how we're doing that now. So have you dealt with anybody? We, I, I mentioned at the beginning of this episode that there's a lot of shame and stigma around divorce. Um, have you dealt with anybody uh, saying anything to you about being divorced multiple times? Like, have you had to deal with any of that kind of 
um, stigma around it? Um, you know, I mean, obviously in dating, you know, at certain times, um, but I, I think when people meet me, they become aware pretty quickly. I, uh, as, as I say, I may sugarcoat my food, but I don't sugarcoat my words. Um, I, I, you know, I just tell it like it is. I'd rather know right now, if, you know, I am naturally judgmental and critical. I mean, I'm, you know, that's just my personality, but I try to use it for the good. Um, so, um, I'm open to that. I understand it. You know, even my boyfriend now, um, you know, he knows, he knows, you know, the stories he knows, you know, that I've been married and, um, a lot of it, but, uh, no, you know, I really haven't, but I also kind of just don't give a shit what people think sometimes. I mean, I'm just being honest. <laughs> no, um, I love that. Know, <laughs> I, I can't because it took me so long to finally get back here and I'm not back. I mean, I still have, you know, a lot of leftover things I'm, I'm dealing with, um, you know, and, and catching my breath, so to speak. And, but I'm, you know, I feel like I'm in a good place again. Um, and one of the things I, I, I meant to mention, you know, talking to the kids also, um, going back to that, you know, my son did ask me several times. Um, he was old enough um, to kind of get it a little more. I believe we were, I, I think, I want to say he was six um, when we split up. And, you know, so that's just old enough to kind of get some things. And, uh, you know, my response, I, he doesn't know the whole truth still. And like you said, I will tell him one day, I don't want him to be that man if I can do anything about that. Yeah. Um, but I just told him that, you know, my ex did things that were not acceptable. That's a mm -hmm. term that I use. I try to stay away from, um, you know, saying bad. they're a bad person. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a good guy. He just did bad things. And it wasn't, it wasn't because of me. Um, so, yeah, so I usually use that word, you know, I just say he did things that were not acceptable to me. And, um, you know, I, I work on my kids with their self-worth and their confidence quite often. And that's a term. I'm like, if something's unacceptable to you, you can leave the situation. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, 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 that's your choice. And, and yeah, you're, you know, you're not going to have that person in your life maybe, but you know, do you want to be miserable and in love or, you know, alone and healthy and confident and so the right person will come along. So I just wanted to touch on that because, you know, my son is in this yo-yo. He's dealing with the insecurities mm -hmm. of, Hey, why doesn't this guy want to hang out with me anymore? And, um, his dad's in, you know, Texas. And I mean, to be honest with you, that's a weird situation because he just doesn't, contact him that often he sees him once a year in the summer and yeah. that's just always been kind of a weird thing so you know my son my son's definitely dealing with the after effects of divorce even though I didn't even marry his dad you know um mm -hmm. and I don't regret I mean I, I don't think that I would have changed anything to be honest with you so this is just something we have to deal with um you know I think you know my approach if I had even if I had waited uh, to get to know them a little more or wait another year. I think I still would have married them, you know? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I just, I have two beautiful miracles and I always focus on that. My kiddos, you know, the fact that I have kids and I had, you know, healthy, very healthy pregnancies, um, you know, being older and, you know, I, I just focus on that as far as, you know, the, the blessings that came from, from marriage. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I first, for the longest time, I would feel a lot of shame when people would bring up and make comments about the fact that I have multiple baby daddies. Now I use it as a joke. I really, I've gotten to the point where I realize, okay, things didn't work out. And if anything, 
I took the right action, right? When things didn't work out instead of trying, I mean, I tried to have a relationship when my oldest daughter's father and I got a little bit older when we were in college, but we didn't mesh and it wouldn't have worked out. And why fake it for my kid knowing being a kid who was, had parents who faked it for 13 years. Right. I know what that does to a kid. Um, and even though it, it, it does hurt the child and, and, and no matter what you do, what decision you make is going to hurt your children. We can't, we, we're not perfect. Um, I feel like making decision not to stay in that place and so that they can see happy, healthy parents is a lot better, right? Um, my, my middle daughter's, I, I love her. I love her. She's so gorgeous with little curls and I would never take away the fact that I have her, but her father was toxic to me and he was not, he was not he did not do acceptable things to me and in, in in life in general and so <laughs> you know i i couldn't i can't just say it's okay um it would have been okay for me to stay with him for her it wouldn't have been it would have been bad so now when people say things about me having multiple babies daddies i say you know what i had a couple of relationships that didn't work out and now i'm in a really good place so i'm really proud of myself for being that way and so the same for you like your stories prove that there, there were really unhealthy for you situations that if you'd stayed in them, you wouldn't be the person you are today. And so taking pride in the mm-hmm. fact that you said, you know what, I'm, I'm choosing me. I'm choosing, I'm choosing me in this situation. And that's not selfish in any way. And I, and, and I think that's a lot of times why people are held back from, uh, getting a divorce is they're like, it's so selfish of me to choose me. No, a lot of times it's the best thing you could do even when you have kids, because now they're going to see the best version of you versus some watered down, unhealthy, unhappy version of you. And you talked about um, how you've healed. What has helped you? I know you said you still have a ways to go. We all do. Um, Healing is (laughs) is never done, but uh, what has helped you on your journey of healing from these divorces? Um, so, you know, I was lucky enough to just have a calling in general. Um, you know, I started out as a personal trainer. So, I've, you know, I've always had it within me to um, focus on health. You know, um, I learned all the wrong ways about, you know, fitness and nutrition when I started out. But in the same time, <clears throat> there was always that element of me taking care of myself, right? Um, you know, um, and then as I, as I grew, when I, I lived in Dallas for about 12 years, and um, I was lucky enough to just be surrounded with some people that that was their focus as well. So I got to learn a lot of things from them. Um, one of my very dear friends, um, Kay Ray, um, she still is out there. She's the one that took me on that, uh, to that event in San Francisco I told you about. <clears throat> and I think that's when the big shift happened. I think the healing process is just, um, A, you know, Instead of shutting the voice out, listen to it, see what it has to say. You know, that little voice we have. Um, And then also, I think just taking back your power, you know, instead of saying he did this and he did that and, you know, it's done. Um, I can't do anything about that. And, um, you know, I just, I I focus on accountability. And um, I think, you know, like, so this, the biggest, the biggest healing process is just reminding myself that, um, you know, I matter and my self-worth is is worth not being you know with him um i watched a friend of mine go through um still in a marriage um i I begged her i'm not gonna lie i begged her when she was going to get married i I was like my car's right outside because i knew she didn't want to get married she was pregnant Mm -hmm. um 
she's miserable to the point that I don't even know her anymore. And I'll be honest, I, I don't really talk to her anymore because she's gotten so negative. And so, um, you know, for her to, you know, when you, we're talking about healing, I mean, she's just torn down mm-hmm. and, um, her kids are seeing that, you know, like, so we talked, we, we touched on that, but, um, you know, the biggest healing process, like you said, um, is yes, there's a stigma, but that's their stigma to put on you. You choose whether or not you're going to carry a label, right? I mean, you know, they're, they're all out there, but, um, you know, you find your tribe. I mean, just this awesome thing that you're doing, you know, with inspired women's, you know, podcast. I mean, you got to find your tribe and then you got to, you know, as I say, um, the, the big book that I've been writing is called BS, the stories we tell ourselves. And that's what inspired me to write it. That's what's been healing me for a lot. I've been writing the book for two years. Um, and I don't know, to be honest, I don't know if I'll ever release that book. I mean, nourish is a, is a go it's done. That was easy, but the, the BS book is, uh, it's deep and it is about my healing process. And I tell everybody everything in that book. I mean, I, you know, all the details because I want them to have that moment of like, Oh my God, if she, you know, this happened to her and she went through this and, she, or, you know, maybe they connect and they're like, that sounds just like my story and look what she's doing now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I can help just one or two or three women, you know, understand, or even men, you know, there's, we forget about the guys sometimes. I mean, they do, you know, they're on the other end of the stick with us. Um, but if I can help someone understand that you got to love yourself enough and, um, you know, the healing process begins when you just, um, just stop the blame game. It doesn't matter. I mean, once the, once the big D happens, once you, once you sign that piece of paper, you know, you're done. So you need to be healthy for yourself. You need to be, if you have children from that divorce, you need to be, you need to be there for them. You need to set an example, um, you know, and definitely don't shut them out. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I feel very guilty um, because I wasn't ready to heal for a good year and a half after everything happened. I think that's why I didn't get divorced. I mean, I kept coming up with all these excuses, but the truth of the matter is, I just wasn't ready. And, um, I drank a lot that year. I'm, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll just be honest. I drank a lot. I drank a lot to drown my sorrows. You know, I, I did what I needed to do, but, um, you know, I lost, you know, my husband, I lost my dream, my wellness center. I, um, I had an infant and a three-year-old. I didn't know what the hell to do. Um, you know, and I don't know how some women do it. I still, I mean, my kids are older now and I think, you know, that's another thing is, if you don't get your shit together pretty quickly, um, I think you're just piling it on at that point and then it is your fault. I mean, if you're going to be really accountable, um, you know, I should have, I should have gotten together, but like you said, I was doing the best I could. I was yeah. working with what I had and, um, you know, but I, I definitely, I love where I am now. I do feel like, um, I don't feel healed. Um, but I just think there's been so much other damage, you know, and that's a whole, probably another story or podcast or whatever, (laughs) you know, just from my childhood and a lot of things. Um, but you know, I grew up, um, and I want a lot of women, if they hear anything to understand, you know, where they're from, you, you can't run from it, but that doesn't mean you have to be that person. Oh, hallelujah. I grew up in a little teeny tiny town in Alabama. Um, and when I say teeny tiny, we had a caution light. Okay. There were 72 people in my graduating class. Mm -hmm. Same here. Same here. Except upstate New York. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and, you know, it is kind of true that that thing about Southern women and catering to the men and, you know, um, you know, all the girls in my school, I was just like, they're going to get, you know, we're all going to get married and we're going to have kids. I mean, that was kind of the plan. And, 
um, you know, just a quick segue to, that started my, my descent. I'll, I'll just be honest with you is I was in love with this guy in high school, thought I was going to marry him, had a promise ring. That was going to be my one and only marriage. And, uh, I found out on my senior cruise, he was sleeping with our teacher. Oh my. So I'll just tell you that started that whole self-worth, like what the hell just happened? I'm not good enough. And I have ended up with so many cheaters since then. So mm -hmm. many. Um, so, you know, but yeah, I just, I, I love all of it now because it, it's inspired me to write a lot of stuff, to be a part of a lot of things, to help other women heal, um, at least to feel safe to open up and tell their story, you know, without the stigma, without the labels and just to know that, you know, that it's okay. I love that. And I really want, I want, um, the audience listening, cause we're going to have to wrap this up soon. It's really take away is you got to take ownership of your own life. You really do. Um, mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. your mistakes, all your, everything, they do not define you. Your past does not define you. However, you have to take ownership of your shit too, right? There's two people yeah. in a relationship and there are definitely things that you've done wrong. Like I could have left the first time that my ex called me a slut or told me I was worthless you know, but mm -hmm. I chose not to. And I don't harp on that. I'm not like, I'm a horrible person. How could I not do that? You know, instead I'm just realistic about it. Like this is my stuff. Well, but we learn the lessons and we can move forward and we can use it as a platform to help other people. That's why I'm so transparent on the podcast and the community and on social media in general is because I'm like you, if I can help that one person with something I post, that one person that just needs that message, then I did my job for the day, right? I, I did it. Like that one person that it resonates with, I'm like, I'm done. I did my job for the day. I don't need a million people to listen to this. I just need that one person to hear right. it and, and resonate with it. And that's why I choose, not choose, but that's why all these topics we talk about in the podcast happen in the stories that are shared because it's not for me to filter through and decide what whose story is worthy and what, what should and should not be shared. It, it's a story and it should be shared because somebody else there may, may be inspired by it. Right. Um, so if there's one thing that you could leave the inspired women out there listening to this with, what would you want them to know just to wrap this all up? I mean, at the end of the day, I, you know, I just tell people um, you need to own your story and know that you are the author and you can always edit it but you've got to own the story first, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, and like you just said, yeah, I mean, you know, in any situation, marriage, friendship, relationship, work, you know, um, you know, there's going to be stuff. And that's why, you know, uh, happiness or help and things like that, as we say, is not a destination. It's a journey, um, mm -hmm. you know, because you, you just, you heal along the way. So yeah, just, you know, own it. Yeah. I love that. It's not a destination. It's a journey. Cause I feel like we get wrapped up in our heads and think like, once I reach this place, right. Once I reach this yeah. next level, I will have made it, but there is no such yeah. thing as making it in life. Like it is a journey. Like it's going to happen throughout our entire lives. There's never going to be a point where you reach and be like, I made it. Everything's perfect. Everything's fantastic. Everything's going fan like amazing because it's just not realistic. That's not life. And we have to accept that and ride the waves and go along with it and learn the lessons and heal and grow and continue on. Because when we stop doing that, that's when we die. That's pretty much, I was listening to a TEDx talk and, and in it, she said, those are dead people's goals. Only right. dead people, you know, <laughs> yeah. don't feel, don't feel things and don't experience things. So Brandy, thank you so much for being so vulnerable and coming on the podcast and sharing your story. I'm sure it is going to be 
very helpful to so many people out there. I know there's many women in the community right now that are either going through divorce or uh, have been through a divorce. So I'm sure it'll help you help them. And, and those women who may come to that place. And you know what? I feel like as women, we are the ones that get the most pressure about it. Like guys get divorced and people are like, so what? Guys have multiple mama, baby mamas. It's okay. But women, we get like, we're the ones that get that like stigma added to us and, and you don't have to deal with it. You can just be like Brandy said, like, you don't have to have that label. You can just be like, you know what? F it. I'm yeah. not going to deal with this. So Brandy, thank you so much for yeah. coming on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. It was awesome. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Inspire Women podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, share this out with your friends and family, and join us in the Inspire Women community on Facebook. I'll catch you next week.